You are now listening to Straight Facts, only on Big Gold Belt Media with your host, Celis. We are back at it again, season one, episode two. I'm your host, Silly Celis. And once again, welcome to Straight Facts with Celis. Also want to give a shout out. This is in collaboration with the Big Go Belt Podcast, um, which you can listen live for our wrestling podcast every Thursday night. Follow us on Twitter at Big Go Belt on Twitter and other social media platforms, Instagrams and things of that nature. Welcome back. Um, I'm a little bit greasy this morning as I'm recording. You know, sometimes when you record in the morning, you're a little bit greasy as, as you're on screen. But we're still smiling. We're still doing what we have to do to get ready for this show today. Um, for those of you that tuned in last week for our first episode, once again, thank you. I appreciate your support. Just a reminder, if you're tuning in for the first time, this is something that we do on the weekends. We upload on every Sunday where we definitely try to give at least like a, a 20 to 30 minute uh, quick listen for what's going on in your sports world. Um, once again, this is in collaboration with Big Go Belt Media. And when you can look at us on Big Go Belt, uh, Big Go Belt on Twitter and other uh internet platforms such as Twitch, Instagram, things of that nature. And once again, we're just here to, to flow this in the world of sports as we got a couple of topics that we want to talk about today. Um, as we get to our topics, first, first topic is solidarity in sports. Now, it's very unfortunate that what's going on between Russia and the Ukraine that's dominated our news platforms this week. And what I'm going to say here is not going to be talking about taking favor of one side of what the U.S. should do, what Ukraine should do, or even what Russia is doing. But what I want to do is just speak to how solidarity in sports just comes to fruition. Uh, one of the things that really stuck out to me is an image that stuck out to me was Alex Lynn, who plays for the Sacramento Kings. It was a game that he had this week, and he's from that area where it's being impacted. Um, you saw the Denver Nuggets and the Sacramento Kings lock arm in arm around Alex Lynn. If you haven't even got a chance to see it yet, check it out on uh, YouTube or, or Google the clip um, just so you can see it while everybody was there trying to support them. And what people don't realize is sports has a huge impact on what's going on in the social world. And a lot of our social change comes with sports. Think about what happened in 2020 with uh, George Floyd and think about how many athletes were marching and protesting things of that nature when it came to that. Or when the situation happened in Milwaukee when another uh, young male was killed and the Milwaukee Bucks just left their playoff game as a form of protesting because of what's going on with police reform or uh, the injustices of the police department. And once again, this is not for me picking one size. I'm just bringing the images with you in sports. And when I saw that with Alex Lynn as support, it just made me think about when I was in college. Um, when I was in college, I took about one class that was called sports behavior. And, and shout out to John Carpenter, Dr. Carpenter, um, who was my professor of that class at the time. And it really connected with the solidarity in sports and how sports really impacted the things of that nature. And during that time, this is where we talked about, once again, I love this topic, how the San Francisco 49ers were moving to Santa Clara and how building that new stadium in Santa Clara, um, how that impacted just the area and what politics had to do with sports. And did the San Francisco 49ers need to change their name because now they're playing in Santa Clara. And for those of you that live in the D.C. area, we have the Washington Commanders, but the Washington Commanders work out all the way an hour and a half away in Ashburn, Virginia, or they practice in Ashburn, and then they play in Landover, Maryland. You know, should they have to change their team name because they're really playing for a region instead of not that city? And when you just think about the, the impact of the solidarity in sports and what goes on, it's been a lot of things that depict what we do in the real life that stem from what happens in sports. 
If you look at TikTok and things of that nature, a lot of the, the dance themes and things that come off TikTok may reference from what you see in end zone celebration in sports um, of how that connects together. So it's just so many things that are really impacting the world that comes from sports of how you deal with that solidarity. Um, so once again, not trying to talk about what's going down in the Ukraine and things of that nature, but sports really has an impact. Um, even think about Colin Kaepernick, right? Colin Kaepernick wanted to bring a, a reform or injustice about what's going on with police reform and how he took a kneel and how that impacted the Star Spangled Banner and things of that nature. And we have all those references to what's going on in sports. Look how that impact not only him, but the society, what's going on. Last week, I talked about the, the Super Bowl um, halftime celebration. And at the end of the celebration, towards the end, Eminem took a knee. And that almost got some kickback in a way because of how he did that. But the NFL said, oh, we knew he was going to take a knee and things of that nature. But, you know, look at how much discussion that talked about of one symbolization of taking a knee, um, which in some aspects, taking a knee is a form of, you know, hey, I concede, I give up. Like they take a knee at the end of a football game just to run, run out the clock, saying, hey, we don't need to play anymore. Let's just let this game in so nobody else gets hurt. Um, so it's just amazing how things take place when they talk about solidarity in sports and 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 things of that nature. So my question to you is, what's been your biggest uh, solidarity in sports um, that's been impactful for your life? Is it the 1968 raising your fist when you talk about the Black Panther movement, what happened at the Olympics? Um, and I used to I, I wore a T-shirt back in high school when it came to that for twin day. Um, just a, just a big moment in sports. Um, is it, you know like a, a event where, you know, people protesting or walking out from a game um, like they did at the bubble when they had the, the pandemic and things with George Floyd. What generation do you come from where you talk about the impact of what's going on? Um, even the packed impact of what I saw yesterday was a 30 for 30 on Charles Woodson and Tom Brady looking at the tuck rule um, and how that goes, the controversy that comes in, how to make sure you align rules and how rules are created in a specific way because of impact in sports. So I just want to shout that out for you that whatever your solidarity moment in sports that you had, um, you know, shout out that drop it into our Twitter mentions, drop into our DMs. You know, you can add me in it. Uh, you can add me at Silly Sellers. I don't have a Twitter or things. I'm all my Twitter's connected with a big old belt. But just make a uh, direct notion notion of what's going on with sports and how that impacts in your life. All right. Next topic. MLB lockout. Now, talking about solidarity in sports, lockout is something that I understand why it happens. You want to make sure your supervisors or boss are using the equal sharing when it comes to players and what they represent, and how hard they work and which money they get. I get it. And you want to make sure your top tier players are compensated at a certain rate and then your entry level players or your players that you draft come in at a certain rate. Um, it's very important. I get it. However, I don't understand why agreements can't happen sooner. Like case in point, the NBA's had their famous lockout where they missed some season. Looks like baseball's about to miss their season. NFL almost missed theirs. I think the last one was back in 2011 when they had their lockout. Oh no, I'm sorry. It was a little bit, a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago. Um, if you know a lockout is going to be coming and you're going to be missing so much money, why are you waiting to the last minute to get this thing established? So for example, if the next NFL agreement ends in 2025 shouldn't you be working on it now for for to come in to to extend your agreement or to modify you shouldn't be waiting to the last minute 
to me, I just the procrastination just annoys me to no end. And I know I'm saying this on a selfish end because I love sports. I love baseball and trying to get this established of what you need to do. And I think even one time look, hockey missed the whole season because of this. An agreement is going to come down to the end. I get it. But why do we have to wait all the way to the last minute to get this thing negotiated? Have some time each summer where you can take your union. And they, I know they do. I know they do. I'm not saying this saying like I'm making a suggestion. I'm just speaking out loud here. Why does it have to take the time where you have to wait all the way in where you can have each summer, you have your, your bosses on one side, the player union on the other side. Let's talk about what we can do each year to get it. When we get to this point, let's just dot I's and cross T's and get this thing going. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense when you have, you know, so many people trying to be selfish about what they're trying to do on their side. And once again, I'm just speaking neutral here to get to the point where you have to understand what needs to be done for the sake of uh, performance from players and performance of the supervisors, your TV deals and things of that nature. Like think about, and I'm going to go back a little bit with hockey, the year 2005 when hockey had their last lockout, that changed the hockey perspective for a long time. I mean, granted, and I mentioned this last week when I talked about my favorite teams, everybody would follow hockey. Hockey was on ESPN every Wednesday night. And the fact that you knew players off each team because it was very prevalent, they were very in commercials and things of that nature. And when you had that lockout in 2005, and I remember it very clearly, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup right before that lockout. Hockey lost revenue. Hockey lost the ESPN and TV deals. And hockey kind of moved to second and third tier TV deals just to be relevant. And I know your, your great hockey fans would still be prevalent and following, but I, I lost interest because you locked out and it, my gear towards was more, more st- uh, sports that was there at the same time, basketball, football, and even baseball. If baseball loses some games because of this lockout, I'm telling you right now, baseball is going to lose some fans and lose some revenues. Like the times that they will be on Fox for Saturday night things, don't be surprised if that get missed out with people not even venturing on it anymore. You're going to have other sports that's up and coming up, like the XFL, that's going to try to take over during that time slot where people are going to lose that idea for wanting to go for baseball. And when you think about baseball attendance, baseball attendance is consistent, but it's consistently low at certain points. I mean, granted, for a stadium that may hold 40,000, you may get eight to 10,000 in some stadiums just on a given basis. Is that going to decrease because of the low interest at what goes on? Everybody looks for pitchers and catchers to be on during this time. Pitchers and catchers, oh, we're getting excited, going down for spring training in, in Florida and Arizona. It's not happening right now. Everybody can't wait for opening day, which looks to be like around March 31st, April 1st. When the weather's starting to break, that's like that that key component for for schools. Like, oh, yeah, it's coming down to the end of the year. Let's go to a baseball game because the weather's getting warmer. We're getting excited. That's not happening. So why does it have to take with this labor agreement to 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 take that away from us? Let's make sure we work on it now. Let's work on it hard now so we don't have to wait till later. Just like when we're back in school, right? You know, well, some good people were good at procrastinating. I wasn't. But you're going to wait to the end of the semester to try to do all your work and say, I'm trying to get a B or C. And people that's in school right now, you want to chill out through the whole quarter and then wait till it gets to the end of the quarter. Let me do my work. It doesn't work like that. You can't get your best work doing all the way down to the end. It doesn't it doesn't work like that. So once again, it's just my little spiel in regards to the MLB lockout, hoping that it doesn't take forever to get down to the point where you're losing interest and losing things of that nature. Let's get it together. Let's get it together. 
Big Gold Belt Media is your golden standard for all of your media needs. Visit BigGoldBelt.com for pro wrestling info, movies, comics, and even more digital content. On all of your social medias, follow us at Big Gold Belt all across the board. Listen to this show and more on your SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. One more topic that we want to talk about. And once again, this these sports shows will increase in time in certain components. If they're just little quick hitters that we got to do, you don't need to listen for me for 20 or 30 minutes on that. It could be 15 to 20. And I, I know we're coming up to our, our 12 minute mark um, in which we're doing this or a little bit past it. But there's one more topic I want to talk about that's upcoming. I think it starts on Tuesday and that's the NFL combine. Now the NFL combine is something that I, I do enjoy. I do enjoy. Um, I think it's something that's very uh, interesting to see how you look in different dynamics of how fast people can go. Can they do some cone drills and the wonder lick test to see how smart they are. But in my honest opinion, even though it is great, it is not a true depiction of what it means to play football. Take my team, the San Francisco 49ers, for example. With their first three rounds where they talk about, you know, people that they draft, they have their high numbers, speed tests and things of this nature. And once again, I'm saying this not to talk about anybody in a negative way, but just to bring tuition of what's going on. There's a lot of first, second and third round picks that don't pan out because they have high numbers on Wonderlick tests or they do good on the cone drill or their 40 yard time is good. Let's remember, it's about that four, fifth, sixth, seventh round players that do well. Case in point for the 49ers. Elijah Mitchell net last year, sixth-round draft pick. George Kittle, when the regime of John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan came in, fifth-round draft pick. Um, you have so uh, Richie James Jr., who you may not know too, too much if, if you're not a, a 49ers fan, but a sixth, seven-round pick. Juwan Jennings, sixth, seven-round pick. All these players that have high impact in doing things that they need to do, do it because they know football. You may have some people that may not score high on this NFL combine. Look up for them people that may not score high. But if you look at their tape and you're a fan and try to review draft footage, look for those four, fifth, six, seventh round picks that come as cheap. But they're great football players because they're very smart and knowing how to game of football. Take me. I, I was a basketball player growing up, played a little bit in high school, played um, in middle school, things of that nature. Um, and I was good. It was some reasons why I didn't continue to play longer in high school. And I'll get to that at a later component. But I, I could play. I could who ask anybody that knew me growing up. I was probably one of the sharpest shooters in the area. Don't give me an open look. I would knock that thing down. But one thing I hated to do was practice. I was a gamer. I hated practice. I was never the first to finish in, in scrimmage drill. I mean, in practice drills. I just hated conditioning and practice. I did it. I just hated. It. But when it came down to a game time, oh, best believe I was going to play. and You was going to get the best of me. And 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 that's how I feel. This combine is. I know I already would be like a seventh or sixth round pick if I played football. I would not do good on the 40. I would do good on the drills, but it wouldn't be my best. But when it came down to the smart and brains of what's going on and where I need to be on positions and schemes and things of that nature, I was like a coach on the field. And that's why I did well when I became a coach on, on the girls varsity basketball. My brain outweighed my physical ability, even though my physical ability was good because it wasn't about practice for me. It was about games. Now, you're going to have some superstars like the DK Metcalfs and the, and the Chris 2Ks who know about Chris Johnson who, who will get those 40 times, and even Henry Ruggs. Um, and I don't mean to say his name in the lightest. I know he's going through some uh, personal trials and tribulations right now because of what he did. 
But when you think about those people that did great during the time of, of that moment, you got to think about, hey, they were good at some things, but they weren't good at all things. So just keep that, keep that in mind as you're working on um, your draft boards and you're trying to pick your mock drafts for your favorite team. And the first round is always televised on Thursday night, prime time. It looks good to see all these players that, that come high rate. But let's think about those fifth, sixth, and seventh round players. You know, you have your Nick Boses, you have your 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 uh, Zach Wilsons, your Trevor Lawrence's, your Josh Allen's that do great. And I mean, both Josh Allen's. You got the Josh Allen for the Bills and Josh Allen for the Jaguars. Both tremendous players. But what about those players that are sneaky, fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round players? Everybody knows about the Tom Brady. I get it. Everybody knows about 199. But Terrell Davis, great job coming out of Georgia. He did well. I'm not sure how well he did at the combine, but just keep that in mind. Uh, Colin Kaepernick's second round pick. He wasn't a first round pick, but he has some great tools. You know, there's a lot of players that you can look to see. Do they have the physical abilities, which is great, but do they all have the mental capacity out here? I think once again, this starts on Tuesday, March 1st, and the NFL combine will be in Indianapolis, and they'll show their coverage on the NFL network and other platforms where you can see how people do. And they'll go up and down. And then you got your pro days and things of that nature that come around during this time. But keep in mind what really happens during this time. Love to see the physical abilities. But do you have the mental capacity to know what goes on in between the lines when the bright lights are on? Where you look at in preseason and into the regular season. And don't forget about the undrafted free agents too. Matt Breida, undrafted free agent. Jeff Wilson Jr., undrafted free agent. You have so many people that come in those undrafted free agent realms that do very well, that make teams because they're uh, against the wall. Philip Lindsay, undrafted free agent. There's so many things that can happen to get those uh, members successful. So once again, we just want to give you these quick topics. I know this time in sports is very, very low um, right now, um, but just keep on doing it. The NBA's back after the All-Star break. My my big game to check out for next week, not this week, will be um, – Phoenix versus Milwaukee, the NBA Finals rematch. I think that debuts March 6th. Next week, I'm going to check out, of course, Phoenix versus Utah today. Um, I got to represent my Phoenix Suns. I won't be back next week, fans. I got to deal with some family circumstances, but I'll be back the week after. And if I'm looking at my calendar correctly, that's going to be March 13th. Let me get my date right. Yep, March 13th. So we won't be on March 6th, so no upload on March 6th, but March 13th. That's the next time we'll be back on to get ready to Continue to bring the world of sports. I'm going to bring my BGB companions. Um, we might see Giant Crab Jamal and Damian G. That's going to be here to help uh, spark on certain topics in sports that we can bring out just because a lot of things are going on. We're going to talk about NFL free agency. I'll make some predictions about the top NFL free agents coming up. Um, but just wanted to bring some a couple of topics as we rounding out on this 20-minute mark. But once again, thank you for joining us. I'm Silly Sellers. Um, once again, check us out on Big Gold Belt Media. If you go to Twitter at Big Gold Belt, make us a follow. Follow us on Instagram, Twitch, and things of that nature. Uh, we're here to talk about sports. And once again, this is a connection with the Big Gold Belt. So I appreciate your time here. This is Silly Seller signing out, and we'll see you next time.